Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm going to be talking about Only Ashes Remain by Rebecca Schaefer. So let's torture the magic of books. Now, first off, I have to say I think I enjoyed this book a whole lot more than the first book, which is not to say that the first book was bad, because I didn't think it was bad. It just felt more like that middle kind of a book where our main character, you know, has to go through something and come out the other side better. So, like, if there had been a first book where she does her thing and she just does this and maybe she grows a different way. I don't know what the plot would be of it, right? But she kind of stays in her status quo in the first book. Second book, she's kidnapped. Third book, she does this and whatever happens in the next book. I think that would be, that would have been a really good flow. I'm not trying to criticize. I I really did enjoy this book a lot more. I had a super hard time putting it down. I just wanted to keep reading. I thought the pacing was really good. It was very tense and I had genuine concern about what was going to happen to the characters and that is always a really good thing in my book just I feel like the first book was would have been a really good second book in the first book and this book is kind of more like a third book so let's just get into it because I, I don't there's too much to say I can't really talk about anything that really happens without spoiling I can talk a little bit like I feel like there's a lot of good character development in this that Nita's growing that COVID's growing that we meet some other characters and they kind of change our perspective on things and relationships change and we see something that, okay one thing that was really funny and this is more from the last book than this book but she's like talk she's talking with someone and she's like you know I don't believe in legends. And I'm like, you don't believe in legends. The people that like lots of unnaturals are literally descended from. Like that girl you shared a cell with who has a pink dolphin girl, right? Like there are legend. There were legends about the pink dolphin girl, you know, and you were like, oh, it's a legend. And then she was real and she was there and you met her. We're like, unicorns are legendary now they're not quite the same because they're like people but they're you know they're they're basically the same you know not in concept not in physicality but like you don't believe in legends that was just like you live in a world with legend like i understand like if you had legends that were like this is so weird and like so out there but this is like regular legends that you're just choosing not to believe so and i would say i felt like this book more so than the first one really kind of pushed me on and, and hit me with that this is a kind of violent book or this is a horror book it's kind of got that more dexter vibe to it now we still have not really seen her do any dissections or anything like that so i'm really hoping that we're going to see that in the next book and that we'll get some excitement there but this book we did see a lot of covet and his torturing okay so we are getting into it i'm sorry i tried to go non-spoiler for a minute and i pretty much just basically spoiled that well not much that violence happens and you kind of knew that going into it i hope so we see covet torture stuff and that he does really like it and we did get the answer like no they can't turn off pain they're pain feeding which just also kind of is like but why not i don't i can't think of a single like creature or thing that would evolve to not be able to turn like to not eat basically right like oh i'm too full if I keep eating, I will die because I'll overstore stuff myself. I guarantee that they can't like die from overeating pain unless they're, you know, absorbing pain and then somebody whacks them and kills them, you know, or like, you know, we saw him go into a COVID or coma from the amount of pain. Yes, he went into a COVID. He went into a disease because of how much pain he ate. No, but like, I was just like, this is, ah, come on, just let him turn it off for a little bit. That would be 
fine. But I guess if they could just turn it off, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But that's okay. So yeah, we I see a ton of COVID and we see a lot of shades of gray in this book. And I feel like the author is trying to say a lot of things about a lot of things. And it's not bad. I wouldn't say this is a YA book. You have to remember that. So while they are presented in a more on the nose kind of a thing, I don't think that they are too on the nose for its target audience. You know, for me who's kind of reading it and I'm like looking at it and I'm seeing it and I'm like, oh, there it is. Like I can see that and I can feel that they're pushing. She's kind of pushing this way you're supposed to feel about this group or about this. But I don't disagree with a lot of what she's saying about the things. And so I'm not, and I feel like if I was reading this when I was younger, I wouldn't be noticing that quite as much. And so there's nothing that I can say that's like, yes, this is really bad, you know. So I, let's just keep going about COVID. Let's talk. Let's just get into our characters here. Let's talk about Nita for a second. Finally, she gets herself a scalpel, you know. She just has this weird, I have to kill Fabrizio. And she keeps trying and she fails. She tries with the flower and I. she shouldn't have told him that she did it, but she thought she had him dead to rights. You know, he didn't, he survives, and then tries to attack her and sell her information, which we learn is kind of false, and that's kind of interesting. But Nita is like this, she's like a stunted character, because she's only ever lived with her mom. And her mom is very, this is how you do it, this is by the book, I will fight you on this, and I will win, because I'm the adult, and I kind of actually know how to hurt people for a living. Now, Nita knows how to hurt people, but not the same thing, right? So she is like growing and changing and being like, okay, how do I work with a friend? Like, how do I have friends? How do I talk to people who are not that, you know, and she's figuring this stuff out. And that was really good. And I'm like that she, she makes some actions. She's trying to be proactive with her magic. She's trying to like figure out better ways to use it. So I really did enjoy this. I thought this was a lot of fun. Her character growth and her character arc. By the end, she's kind of figuring stuff out. That was really fun. Kovit, he is interesting because he chooses to be evil. You he could go to the ER, he could get his pain in other ways, but we did learn that like you can't just eat the small pains. It has to be a big pain and if he causes it then it's even better, right? Like so he could go be a doctor, but that's not the same. So I'm like, oh this is kind of interesting. We're like really developing like him like is he really just this torturer? Does he just like they're still bad characters because they're totally about murdering people. Nita feels bad when she's like, Oh, I got this innocent person killed, but she is not against like being willing to go murder the next person though who crosses her and so that is not you know like these are bad characters like these are kind of villains right but they're not as bad as these other villains that we're fighting of course right you know we learned that COVID had COVID had some internet friends and that like he is able to keep his morals because of this you know we meet with Henry and Henry's like yeah I love you you're my friend and oh well I'll keep your rules this time because you're a lot easier to control since you have rules than this other one who didn't you know and it's like oh so you do just see him as a tool and that's you know that was heartbreaking when we see that he doesn't really care about him and he just is betraying him and that was uh quite a good scene when Henry, his former mob boss handler, is like, hey, uh, we got Nita here. We're going to kill her so you don't ever have anything to go back to. And you'll thank me for this. And he's like, no, don't kill her. Like, I'll work with you. But if you hurt her, the deal's off. And he's like, oh, sorry. It's not going to happen that way. I know you can't hurt me. And he's like, you're right. This won't hurt. And then he snaps his neck. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, like he didn't feed on the pain. That's that's his real rule is like, I won't feed on the pain. I won't torture you. Now, granted, obviously still killing him kind of messes him up a little bit. And they talk it through. But like his character growth is a little interesting. I also like that we really get to see Adair the Kelpie. He is, he's so funny because he's just got this dark humor. Like, hey, you want to go to my basement where I have a swimming pool? Like, no, of course not. Like, haha, I got you. Like, you know, but there's like how much is serious, how much is not serious. 
and he is, you know, the information broker. I really thought he was going to die. thought Nita was going to kill him. Kind of glad she didn't because he knows way too much about everything, about who's profiting, about the unnatural kill list, basically, where you can kill them on site because they're deemed dangerous to humans and it's... It's, what is it called? Pre-self-defense, basically, right? And he's like, who profits off of that? Like, oh, it's not. It's the humans. Kind of, you know. Yeah, because they bring up a good point. He's Well, he brings up a good point in the book, which is through the author, of course. And they're saying, you know, we put these people on this list based on their race. You know, I'm a Kelpie. Does that mean that I always want to go out and just be straight up murdering everybody? Like, no. Like, yes, I do have to kill, eat people to survive. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to kill everybody I interact with and meet. Or, like, that I even want to kill people that I can interact with. I could get bodies a different way. You know, we meet a ghoul. And she's like, I get my bodies from a dare. And he says that they're not. And the, the dare pays somebody at the hospital to give him bodies. And then he gives them to her. And so it's like, okay. Like, that's true. And he brings up... a a good kind of situation where he's like, wouldn't you want a Zanny or Kovit who likes to torture and can feed on pain to be your doctor? Because he can instantly sense that you have pain. He can instantly sense where it is, you know, what's causing it. If he was a doctor, he'd have, you know, tons of other cases where he would have kind of that knowledge and that experience dealing with it. Plus his blood is a natural pain reliever, very, very effective natural pain reliever. And if you say you're in pain and other doctors won't believe you, he would because he can sense it, right? He can help you with it basically, right? And it's like, oh, but why would I wouldn't want a Zanny. They could make it worse. It's like, well, so could a regular doctor. But a Zanny doesn't necessarily want to make it worse if they're already getting fed. Like without this list, pressure them to potentially be worse than they are because they're already going to die on site basically you know who knows and i was like oh that's uh interesting that's a good thought like you know the same with the unicorns like yes unicorns steal souls you know that's they kill, that's kind of bad that is bad because it kills the person obviously but the unicorns also have things of value in the, within their body i don't remember what exactly they were but basically anything on the unnatural the dangerous unnaturals list which is kill on site are things that have a lot of profit versus things that don't necessarily have profit with their dead bodies are not on that list ghouls kelpies yet so far right because he's trying to say keep them off of that list so it's just interesting it, it put a lot of thoughts out there through the characters and i liked it and i liked the changes that the characters were making and trying to go kind of wish nita would just get over fabricio and just let him die or just like let him go but obviously that doesn't happen because we're still going with him so also and we learned what is up with nita's dad and nita's mom like nita's mom was awesome i loved it she like they have a huge fight she walks away nita's mom lets her go and then nita mom swoops in at the last second when she's being tortured not tortured she's being interrogated by the police and one of the inhup agents and she swoops in you know puts the questions back on them and walks out with her and she's like i'm not mad at you like you stood up to me like that's what i'm always kind of like pushing you to do and to like be the best self and you did it and you went out and you killed those people who are trying to attack you like i'm so proud of you like and she's just like what like the mom like does care and i'm like okay this is like a really cool side like a really exciting thing that i didn't see like the mom really does like her but the mom's still not willing to tell her what's going on you know why is nita's dad's murder in the super secret case files of the inhup like what is this family I just don't know. And I'm hopefully exciting to I'm excited well, I'm excited to find out hopefully in the third book. I'm not hopeful about maybe finding out, right? Like the other whatever I was saying. So I'm really excited for that. I'm really curious as to like what's going on with this family. But like that interaction again with her mom was just like bam, this is exciting. This is good. 
you know, characters felt true to themselves. And we're in Nita's head all the time. So whatever she thinks is logical, she doesn't question it. We know she's competent with the smarts. So we don't question it until we see, hey, wait a minute, maybe that wasn't exactly what we thought it was or she thought it was like maybe Fabricio didn't sell sell you out to two people and then hire a third person because that doesn't make sense why would he do that he would do one or the other but he you know so like because of her prejudices and her biases against him we're kind of led to believe he's the one doing all this and it's not we have to figure out who it is it being the INHUP that's selling her out was crazy because why would they sell her out if her dad's in the secret cases I'm just so confused who is the zebra stripes uh, vampire, which try to decide if that's just like stripes up and down, or if it, I mean, I know it goes like black, white, black, white, black, white, but like I just I don't think of zebra when I think stripes all the time, I guess. So, and I felt like the atmosphere of them being tense and on the run was very good, it, it really held together, kind of pushes you moving faster from scene to scene and to want to keep reading. And I'm so glad that Kovit and Nita got together. You could totally tell from the first book that they were going to. I like that they're like, I have rules so I don't break and turn into a mass murderer and you have rules so you don't break and turn into a mass murderer so let's have rules for us so we don't break and turn into mass murderers or we don't break and like split and i'm like that that is totally them they would totally just be like here's our rule you know i won't ask you to torture people and like i won't dissect people in front of you and i won't torture people in front of you and you know i won't just ask you to kill people because i want you to you know um you know stuff like that and i'm like you guys are sure weird but you have a system at least and you're communicating which is good so but now you know at the ending of the book they've captured fabricio and they're like hey you're gonna come with us and you're gonna help us break into your dad's law office because we're gonna take some information so we have blackmail potential on people and also so we can kind of figure out what's going on in our lives i'm just like bold move i'm glad you're finally moving to information is like a better fail safe than straight up trying to murder everybody because i liked how she put it she says i tried to respond with violence but everybody's too used to violence so i have to go with something better something you know more powerful to make it so nobody will come after me and i can go to college which is just i love that she's like i want to go to college and i'm like i am so glad that you want to go to college but like i don't know if you'd like it because there is a lot less murdering in college and that's really seems to be one of your favorite activities here so yeah so they're gonna go infiltrate the tuakan law office you know where they keep all the dangerous secrets and where all the money is so i'm excited for that it's gonna be quite interesting All right, uh, that's everything I have to talk about you guys about this. It was a fun book. If you're going to read, I would keep reading. I'm really excited for the third book to start reading it. And that's going to wrap up uh, the discussion of Only Ashes Remain. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, you can send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. You know, please like and subscribe wherever you get podcasts from. Leave a review. Never hurts. It always helps. And remember to torture the magic of books.